Hello, everybody. Welcome back to East Coast Haunts. This is Sam. And I am MK. And today we are doing part one of like, I guess sort of like a little two-parter. Yeah, they're like sister episodes. Yes, sister episodes, if you will. And today, Mary-Kate is going to be telling us all about The Conjuring. Oh boy, you guys. I do not know much about this case at all. I've never, I guess it's not really a case, I guess. It is. It's a case of demonic infestation. And I have to say, I do not, I love spooky movies, I love thriller movies, but the where I draw the line, I think like de- demonic possession movies like freak me out. Anything that has to do with possession or demons, I don't watch. So I really don't know much about this about this story at all, except for like the trailer where there's like the the clap clap. Oh, that's the only thing I know about it. That's based off of a true event. Oh lord, this is whole that, the whole movie is right. The whole movie is. It's they did take a little bit of creative liberty. Okay, as Hollywood does. But I do have to say that this movie. I'm not a huge wimp anymore. I was when I was a kid when it came to horror movies. Diary of a Wimpy Kid was a was an autobiography. It really was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this movie had me watching the entire what ninety minutes. Wow, my fingers. Zooey mama. Zooey mama. Well, I am very excited. I want you to get started. I know there's a lot of trigger warnings because this is a very disturbing story so you want to get those out of the way first yes i do so i want to give a quick trigger warning i'll mention it again before these specific parts come up but there is animal cruelty animal death um sexual assault so if you're sensitive to any of those things i'll let you know again right before the part comes up but maybe just skip ahead a few seconds because it some of the things that happen in this case are are wildly disturbing. So without further ado, I think I'm just going to get right into it. Are you ready? I think I'm ready as I'll ever be. I think after we do this episode, we're going to have to watch the movie together. Oh, absolutely. So maybe that'll be another Patreon episode coming out. I'm terrified, but I will watch it. We got to do it. With the lights on. We had to watch it like before 6 p.m. Before it gets dark. (laughs) All right. That's fair. (laughs) I actually don't think I'd want to watch this. I was going to watch it last night in preparation. No. When you were gone. And then I decided. Against it. I'm good. Yeah, no. No. I'm okay. This is not something to watch alone. It is not. So... Without further ado, this is the true story behind The Conjuring. Let's get into it. So, this was an active haunting that became violent when the Perrin family moved into a farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Okay. And these events inspired a collection of eight movies, and they were released through New Line Cinema after a very famous couple contacted the movie studio. Do you know who that was? Was it Ed and Lorraine? It sure was. It sure was. So, they are pretty big characters in this case, I would Mm -hmm. say. They have um, a decently big role, I would say. Uh, It also inspired the eldest daughter of the Perrin family, Andrea, to write a three-part book series called House of Darkness, House of Light. And... Again, I do want to put a little disclaimer here that there is a lot of differing information about this case depending on your source, and I think it's just because it's become so fictionalized yeah. in Hollywood, and, and by it's just a, it's become a ghost story, so a lot of the stuff, depending on which accounts you use, 
uh, have different information. So I'm going to be basing my analysis of this case on excerpts from the book and a podcast that I listen to called Astonishing Legends. And if you guys really want a deep dive into this case, I'm talking like five hours worth of material. They do it so beautifully and they really don't skip over any details. So go check them out. Can I cut in for a second? Okay, so I do have a quick question. Yes. When does this story start? This story starts, um, I'm going to go back a little bit before they actually move into the house. Okay. But they move into the house in 1971. Okay. Because I just thought it was kind of interesting how you were saying Ed and Lorraine reached out to like New Line Cinema or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. And then they had like an eight part, like eight different movies. And also the oldest daughter had a three part book series. So I just thought it was interesting right off the bat that I think doubters could definitely say, "Mm, they definitely got that money. Like, you know what I mean? Like they definitely monetized as much as they possibly could. I'm going to mention this again. Okay. The Perrin family declined all, all profits from the movie. Really? Yes. What about from the book? Uh, well, that's just Andrea. I don't think okay. she... I... She has a very specific purpose in mind. Okay. For the money. Okay. Um, which I think is going to be a little bit surprising okay. to people, but... I'll keep my doubts out of the way for now, and I'll let you I explain. do have to say, looking at this case, I don't think this is a hoax. Okay. I really don't. I think this is a genuine haunting, which is why I think they had that much material to make into... A successful well, franchise. Yeah. Yes. Technically, the first movie of The Conjuring is the only one that's really and truly, like, focused around Based on a case. true story, yeah. Well, no, actually, Annabelle is based on a true story. No, right. And then there's one that is the Ennefeld um, Phantom. Okay. Or Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Okay. So, now, let's get into... I'm going to introduce you to the family. Okay. So, we have our patriarch, Roger Perrin, who's the father. Got it. Carolyn Perrin is his wife and the mother of five daughters. Wow. Andrea, who was nine years old at the time they moved into the house. Nancy, Christine, Cynthia, and April, who was just a little baby by the time Wow, okay. That's a lot of kids. A lot of daughters. (laughs) Um, it kind of reminds me of our family where they were like, maybe we'll get one boy. And I know. And they keep trying. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back in 1964, the Perrin family bought a house in Cumberland, Rhode Island. This is a little bit away from Harrisville where the actual house that the hauntings that we're going to talk about take place. Okay. So this, so they move into this house in Rhode Island, but it's not the house. It's yet. not the house. Okay. But you'll come to find that... Even when they're living in this other house, tragedy and, like, a little bit of trauma seems to follow this family. Mm -hmm. So, in 1969, the family adopted a puppy. And it was a Basenji puppy, which I don't know if you know anything about that that brand. I don't know what that is, Basenji. That brand, that brand of dog. (laughs) I don't know if you know anything about that breed of dog. Yes. But they can't bark. They're like the little. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get one of those. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Just kidding. They have like a little curly tail. I would definitely want a dog that barks because I feel like it offers like protection. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, especially for them because they're getting haunted by demons. I know. The dog could like alert them. Yeah. But this was so weird. This part is so weird to me. But 
when Roger brought home this puppy, Carolyn was like, this is a special dog. It needs a special name. So she picks up the puppy, raises it to the sky, like lifts her head to the sky and says, Bathsheba is this dog's name. Is that a name from the Bible or something? Bathsheba, if it sounds familiar, is a name that's going to come up in this case again. Okay. That's not a cute, no offense. It's not. Bathsheba, come here. Like, that's, they called it Sheba. I was going to say, that's way too many Which syllables. Which is kind of cute. I Sheba. Think Sheba's, yeah, Sheba. Sheba's like Sheba, you know? Yeah. Okay, Bathsheba. Unfortunately, and I'm going to give a little trigger warning here because this is um, not going to end up well for this dog. I was going to say, obviously the dog is going to die. Yes. I can tell that from a mile away. Not to laugh. So, but basically what happened was one day the kids went out for a walk and they brought the dog out and the dog was a very obedient dog so they let it um run run next to them while on the leash but none of them were holding the leash okay and a group of neighborhood kids rode by on their bikes or ran by or whatever and the dog got excited and bolted across the street (gasps) and it made it to the other side fine but then andrea who again is the oldest daughter she panicked and tried to call the dog back to her yeah and the dog ran out into the street and its leash got caught in the wheels of a car <gasps> oh no yeah and i know and unfortunately the police or fortunately i guess it, the police happened to be there and they had to put the dog down yeah um by shooting it in front of oh audience. dear god that is horrific so that's really bad obviously that's gonna mess with their psyche a little bit i would think yeah um wait can i pause you yes like i know no one asked for this but do you remember how i saw my current dog kiwi oh, get <laughs> run into a car my dog i remember i was in like seventh or eighth grade and i was i was walking like up the hill by my house and like my dog came out we don't have an electric fence or anything. Oh. And then a car was, like, speeding by. And for some reason, our dog, like, is very attracted to cars. Like, she loves them. She will run. Like, if she, <laughs> that's why we have to keep her on a leash, like, all the time. But she <laughs> saw the car, and she got excited. She ran into the tire. Like, it wasn't really even this person's fault. They should have been going slower. Well, But yeah. I, I literally saw her get hit by a car. It was, oh. But she lived. She served, It was actually weird. Like, oh, she's still kicking today. <laughs> yeah. All she had to get a couple stitches in her leg, and that was it. But it was the most traumatizing thing in in the world. Like, so I'm I'm very. It's funny now because she lived. Yeah. But like, had she died, that would have been the it most traumatizing been so thing. So traumatizing. So all that's that a to pet say, that you love like a member of your family. I know, and the fact that they had to watch the dog get shot because it was obviously oh. lots of pain. I mean, that is horrible. It's really so, enough about me. Rough. Sorry. Anyway, it's okay. I... <laughs> Just a fun little tidbit. Oh. Yeah, to lighten the mood. Yeah. Um. But following that, there were a series of events in this neighborhood that made Carolyn think that maybe this wasn't the best neighborhood for her. Okay. Bad vibes. Yes. So there started a series of attacks by neighborhood kids who were their right next door neighbors. Okay. Like they live literally like the right kids next were door. attacking? Yes. <laughs> and we're not talking like throwing rocks at, at you know, people passing by yeah. or like being typical neighborhood nuisances. We're talking, like, extreme violence and sexual assault. Kids? Yes. Were doing this? Yes. I mean, was this place known for having, like, shady characters? I mean, not really. It was rural Rhode Island. Yeah, so I would think there, that the neighbor... Uh, people probably didn't even live that close to each other. It was no. probably, like, large, sprawling, typical suburban yeah. Yeah, neighborhoods. So, obviously, 
after the incident with the dog, the family decided that they needed to like decompress and you know, if all this other joy yeah. back into their kids' lives. So they get another dog. No, oh, <laughs> God. But they actually, now that you bring that up, they do have four cats. Okay. So that is a lot just of cats. something to think about. It's a lot of dander. So they go off on a family vacation. Okay. Fun time. Yeah. I, I don't know where they went. But they return home to find their house completely trashed. Oh, like no. ransacked. Like it um, had been broken into? Yeah. Okay. But not robbed. Just messed completely up. torn apart. So someone was messing with them. Yes. So they had a fridge like a lot of people do down in their basement mm-hmm. that had like stockpiles of frozen meat. Okay. Someone had gotten into unplugged it and unplugged it. Oh and god. Literally strewn the the meat around the house so that it would rot and go bad. Oh that Can is you vile. Imagine the smell. The smell of this house. So wow. Then why? In addition to that, Two of their four cats were missing. Okay. Oh, no. One was found hiding in a bush. Okay. And again, trigger warning, this is where another Jeez. Uh, animal violence thing comes in. A neighborhood kid came up to them as they're, like, assessing the damage and confessed that he saw their next-door neighbor trashing the house and that he also saw him beat the other cat to death with a baseball bat. Why? I don't know. What was, what was the reason behind any of this? Because this isn't even, like, paranormal. This is just, like, criminal. This is borderline, this kid should get checked for He's going to be a serial killer. Yes. Yes. Oh, my lord. these poor parents, like, obviously Carolyn goes over next door and confronts the boy and his mom. And this is a typical case of the mom being like, my poor little pumpkin, you couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, come on. I parents like that drive me crazy. Me too. Like, make your kid have some res- your child responsibility, beat, some accountability. Your child beat a, a cat, cat to, to death, death with a baseball bat. Like, no. Maybe we should get this kid some help. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, poor Andrea then has now lost her, seen her dog die, die, and also has now lost one of her cats. And their home was like totally violated. Yes. So obviously she's feeling some type of way and devises like a revenge plan against this kid. So she waited until he like went out walking on the street and she violently attacked him. Oh. Which like I don't condone violence, but it was a little bit warranted. Anyone who deserves it is this kid. I know, seriously. Um, and eventually some person walking by pulled her off and sent her home. And in her own words from her book, she was like, I would have killed him. Whoa. If Wasn't she like nine at this point? Yeah, she was young. I bet she had been through a lot for a nine-year-old. She so. really probably had. I'm not, I am not judging Andrea no. in the slightest. Because if someone killed my cat or pet of any sort, yeah. no, I'd be, I'd be furious. It would be on sight. So <laughs> then Carolyn being like the nice little crafty mom that she was, mm-hmm. had made this beautiful rock garden out in their front yard. Okay. And in the center of it was this large rock that she just thought was nice, but I guess to like passersby it looked like a tombstone. Okay. So 
their other next door neighbor, so not the like violent kid. Okay. Their other next door neighbor, which who I guess lived on like a lower elevation than okay. them. And they kind of like lived above them. Got it. So they had like a driveway going down towards the road where I guess this other house was. And he got in his car, turned on the ignition, put the car into drive, and immediately had a massive heart attack. Oh. So dies immediately in the truck. His foot was unfortunately on the gas when that happened. Okay. So the truck goes up the hill and crashes into the tombstone, quote-unquote. Oh. And that was when the neighborhood started to accuse Carolyn of being a witch. I see. So. Okay, wow. I mean, that was kind of a big logic jump for the neighbors. For, like, especially when he... And she had no reason to kill this man. It is weird, though, that his foot stayed on the gas and was, I guess was able was to like go up a hill. I guess it was, like, slumped over the, okay. the steering wheel. That's and so like, sad. I know. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, but it's also not a reason to accuse someone of being a witch. Like, those I just know. don't correlate to me. But okay. But obviously, after that, Carolyn was like, I so want to move out. Yeah. The family needs to get out of here. Fresh start. Yeah, it sounds like the neighborhood was just not, not a good for them. place to be. Yeah. So, one day, Carolyn is waiting for Andrea to be done with a music lesson, and she's just, like, perusing old magazines and stuff in the waiting room, and she picks up an old newspaper, and she comes across a listing for a 200-acre farm with a nine-bedroom farmhouse and barn. Guess the price. This is back in the 70s. I don't know, like 100,000? 200 acres of land... A 14-room, 9-bedroom farmhouse. Well, they also want to get it ri- get rid of it for, like, dirt cheap because the person probably knows yeah. that it's haunted. I'm going to say 100000 75000 Wow. I thought I was going low with 100000 I know. I was nervous <laughs> that I went too low. You thought you were lowballing it? Wow. So, wow. Carolyn calls the realtor that night, and she's like, I am interested. She does not tell these people that her and her husband have absolutely no equity in the house that they're currently living in they have no savings saved up to move whatsoever okay because they they, just moved here not too long ago yeah yeah like a few years ago and so the next day she calls over a friend and she's like watch the kids i'm going up to the house for a visit with the realtor she doesn't even tell roger okay so the realtor takes her up there and mr kinian who is the previous owner is there and he's selling this place. Oh, he's probably so psyched. Yeah. He's like, it's a wonderful place to raise a family and like the house is gorgeous. It's like, it has all this history. It was rumored to be part of like the Underground Railroad and Carolyn said that from the beginning she was drawn to this house. Like, she really just felt like the universe wanted her to get this house. So Mr. Kinian was like, if you put some sort of deposit down on it now, I won't sell it to anyone else. Yeah, he's probably like, like I'll, I'll give it to you for five bucks. He's probably exactly. like, get me out of here. So, he, she writes a $500 check as a deposit mm-hmm. and goes home and tells Roger. So then, he's like, what the hell have you gotten us into? Yeah. Because they have no business moving out. Bes- like... Financial business. Yeah, financial business. Right. Yeah. So, 
Carolyn's like, please, just you and the girls need to see this house. It's absolutely perfect for us. There's plenty of room for the girls to play. Yeah, nine this is bedrooms. A nine you bedroom said? house. Yeah. Um, and so every single member of the family goes up to visit this house and they all report feeling like they were at home. Just like you know when they say feeling you know when they house. say like if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. 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 This yeah. Is way, I, obviously the... Well, I'll let you continue before I give any thoughts. So, Roger has this moment of... I don't want to say clarity, because in hindsight, it was probably... A warning? Yeah. Okay. But he has this moment where he goes back down to, like, a creek that's right behind the house. Uh-huh. And he, like, takes his feet off. Nope, doesn't take his feet off. feet off. His place really is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) The disembodied feet make a reappearance. (laughs) So let me get a little more comfortable. (laughs) Let me slip into something a little more comfortable. (laughs) He takes his shoes off and he steps into this creek. And he's like... Let the dogs breathe. Yeah, he's letting them go for a little swim. (laughs) So his dogs are just... (laughs) This in the creek. And he's like, we need to buy this house. Okay. Weird, but okay. So then it's literally like a scene out of a... A whirlwind like romance a, with the house. Yes. But like, it's a scene out of like a coming of age film. Okay. So like, all of the daughters are like, we have to help mommy and daddy get our dream house. Okay. So they start like lemonade stands. They start selling like pot holders. They start like... Ladies, that's not going to do much. They start their own business. And, well, I mean, honestly, it's $75,000. Like, it probably made a little bit of a dent. That's true. Don't you think? That's true. So, anyway, they end up raising the money and they buy the house. No. So, Mr. Kinian, who's, again, the previous owner, they, every single member of this family still loves him. They were like, to this day, you mean? Yes. Okay. Like, they're, he, they still defend him. They're like, he didn't do anything wrong because oh. in Rhode Island... There wasn't that law No, like you do not have to okay. disclose uh, paranormal activity. Yeah, but I don't know if I would willing... I don't know if I would want to knowingly lead a young family... I wouldn't either. ...into living in a house full of demons. But you have to remember that these hauntings only became violent when they okay. moved in. Okay, it's weird. So, he had never experienced anything violent. Okay. He had only experienced, like, doors opening on their own. Okay, like, okay so little Pictures things. falling off the wall. Like, okay, things yeah. that could be explained away. Footsteps, whatever. So, he, on the first day that they're in the house, welcomes the family with fresh-baked cookies, and he's out there waiting... And they bought the house in the in like I want to say November, so he's yeah. out there waiting with like hot chocolate, and he's just like welcoming them. And he finally hands over the keys to the house, and he pulls Roger aside, and he says one little phrase that Roger like dismisses. Yeah, but he turns to Roger and he's like, "Leave the lights on at night." That is the most ominous sentence that I think could have been said because what does that mean I swear to god that would have made me reconsider the sale entirely yeah too bad he waited until after he'd handed over the keys papers are signed so that being said let's talk about the house a little bit oh dear god yeah so it's referred to as the farmhouse or the Arnold estate and it 
the Arnold estate, we'll get into it a little bit, but um, it was owned by Arnold. By <laughs> trademark. Like eight generations of a family named the Arnolds. Okay. So there's 14 rooms total. So there's plenty wow. of room yeah. for everyone to have their own room, right? Yeah. Even no. for a family of... Oh, no? No. Why? So Nancy and Christine room together, Cindy and April, and then Andrea was the only kid that had her own room. The oldest always gets that preferential treatment. What can I say? Not us middle children. <laughs> us oldest children. We have our perks. Yes. It We're also, be. you know, the guinea pigs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, you deserve your but. own room, honestly. <laughs> So, the house was built in 1736. Wow. But it wasn't the original structure on the property. Okay. The house that was existing when the parents moved in. Right. It was built on top of an existing cellar and, like, foundation, though. Okay. And the cellar was the location of extremely active paranormal occurrences. What do you mean? The c- oh, the cellar. The cellar. C-E-L-L-A-R. Yes. Okay, I thought you meant cellar. Like no, like the basement. Okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, like I said, the Arnold family owned this house, and it was passed down through eight generations. Wow. And this family had a rough go of things. Okay. Not surprising. So, again, this is another trigger warning for suicide, and eventually, uh, in a few seconds, sexual assault. God, there are just a lot of horrible things happening. Yes. Like, there's no wonder that this yeah. place was haunted. Yeah. Really. So, Mrs. John Arnold, who was 93 years old, Aww. hung herself... Oh, wow. ...from the rafters of in the barn. Okay. 93 years old. How did she even, like, have the strength? Well, I don't, don't want to say that, but, like... But... No, you're right. Like, like she, I would think she'd be frail at 93. Yeah. Um, why did, do they say, do they know why she killed herself? No, they don't. There's, there's speculation. Um, there's also no record of a Mrs. John Arnold dying by suicide at the age of 93. Okay. There is a record of a Mrs. Arnold dying at 50 years old from suicide. Okay. So, so I'm so not maybe sure. something got But up. there is also another record of... A Mrs. Arnold at 93 dying, but not okay. in this house and not by suicide. I mean, if this stuff happened in the 1700s, I'm sure stuff got mixed up in along the way. I think so. But and if you, like, trace it back, then there's, like, a couple of Arnold families that lived yeah. in the area. So this could have been, like, a mix of yeah. All some different stories. occurrences. But without a doubt, there were some suicides that occurred in the house and in the barn. Okay, got it. So, Johnny Arnold supposedly hung himself in the attic of the farm house okay so like in the actual house and then um on property there was the rape and murder of an 11 year old girl named prudence arnold and oh my was, god um it's still technically unsolved but a lot of people think it was the farm hand who was 22 years old oh my that is disgusting i know horrific no wonder they sold this house there's probably so much horrible energy yeah Energy and, and memory. Vile, yeah. yeah. Um, there's at least two records of children drowning in the creek behind the house. Oh my god. Yeah. And then in the 1800s, either two or four men, depending on what source you use, sought shelter from an impending snowstorm, so they crawled in through the window of an old blacksmith store that was on Arnold Estate property. It doesn't exist anymore, but okay. um, back in the day it did. 
and they were evidently trapped and froze to death <gasps> and they were literally frozen solid like a block of ice Oh my so God. they were only found in the springtime when they began to thaw and neighbors smelled the decay. Oh my God. So that to me is kind of important because of a detail that's going to come up later. Okay. So the smell is something that's going to come Keep up Keep it later. in the back of our minds? Yes. Okay. So with that, we're going to talk about move-in day. Oh Lord. So it was the first week of January 1971, and there were intense snowstorms blowing through the area. Okay. So Andrea's being a helpful little kid, like you are on moving day, and she's carrying a box that her father had given her to the kitchen while Mr. Kinney packs up the rest of his belongings. So okay. he's in the dining room. She has to walk past the dining room to get to the kitchen. Okay. And she notices that there's a man in the dining room who she doesn't recognize, and she knew that Mr. Kinnian's son was helping him move out, but this was not him. Okay. And she said that he was dressed weird. There's so, no record of what weird means. Probably old-timey, like, I would weird. assume, right? Probably. Yeah. So she says hi to him, and he does not respond. He just keeps staring at Mr. Kinnian. Like, Ooh, okay. And has, like, a quirky smile on his face. Ooh! I don't know if I like a quirky smile. I know. So then, in turn, each of the other four sisters, or I guess probably not April because she was a baby, but um, <laughs> come in with more and more boxes, and each and every one Sees says hi to the sky. Okay. So, obviously, Andrea asks Carolyn, she's like, who is the guy in the dining room? She's like, Mr. Kinnian? And uh-huh. they're like, no. The other the guy. other guy. Like, I don't see another guy. So, they... All of the four sisters in succession saw him in different phases of manifestation. So this is weird. So when Andrea walked by, he was like solid and looked like a like a man. Yeah. Then the next girl comes by, who's like I think it was Cindy. She sees him as like a man still, but like he might have looked a little like fuzzy around the edges. Okay. The next girl comes in, maybe Nancy, and she's like why is that guy like sort of translucent oh no okay and then so then christine comes in and as she's walking by he disappears completely before her eyes oh wow so you know how sometimes when people move into haunted houses they're like oh it took a while for it to ramp up yes it started immediately this the literal literally the second but they all say that when they were touring the house and getting ready to move in they did not see one single paranormal activity. Well, it sounds like the spirits or the demons or whatever they are were on their best behavior to yeah. get them to move into the house. And then, and then once they were there, they're blood. like, yeah, they're like, sweet, let's young go. Blood. The young, young blood. The young blood are ruling the halls again. Yes, dear. These, all these, all these many similar themes True. throughout. Yeah. So, first night there, Cindy is sleeping in her room, and I believe she shared a room. See, I know I was saying, like, oh, the, the middle child never gets, like, like, the oldest child, of course, she got her own room, but honestly, I wouldn't want to have my own room in this house. No, me either, and I think there's a reason that they... Well, also, at the time, some of them were, like, five years old. Yeah, 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 of course. So, Cindy, who's sharing a room with April, okay. who's the little baby, walks into Andrea's room, and she's like, hey, can I sleep with you tonight? Aww. And Andrea's like, yeah, what's up? 
So Cindy crawls into bed with her and she's like, I hear voices in my bedroom. And Andrea's like, how many voices? And she's like, I don't know, but a whole lot of them. And they're all standing around my bed, chanting <gasps> from different directions. And Why was she so calm? And she, uh, first of all, I, that's so cute that she went to her older sister, but like immediately I would be in my parents' bed. Yeah. 22 years old, so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No question. <laughs> chanting in different directions yes like surrounding her bed so they're coming from all around her bed and she's like they're all saying the same thing so obviously the natural question is it's gonna be something in latin what what are they saying is the question i'm sure right there are seven dead soldiers buried in the wall what do you mean i don't know what does that mean i don't know but every night so the parent family lived here for 10 years Cindy heard it every night. They stuck it out for 10 years? 10 years. Wow. But you'll see why they, they stayed that way. Okay. Like, it's not crazy. That there are seven dead there. soldiers buried in the walls. Yep. Okay. So, in her memoir, Andrea claims that there are at least 12 spirits in the house, and at least two of those were malevolent. Okay. One of them... They identified, quote-unquote, as Mrs. Arnold, who would tuck... She took a particular liking to Cindy and would kiss her on the forehead and, like, tuck her in it. Is this the 93-year-old Mrs. Arnold? They think. Oh, that is so sweet. But this is going to come back. So it gets gets weird. It gets a little tangled. Like I said, different sources say different things. Okay. So then... Before we work our way up to the bigger occurrences, let's talk about some of the smaller occurrences that are still notable. So, it was said that the house was always cold. Okay. Which, for a house built in 1736... And it had, what, like, 14 rooms? Yeah. And I'm sure it was probably hard to Probably no central heating. Yeah. But abnormally cold. Yeah. Like, even in the summer, they were always cold in this house. And especially Carolyn was always cold. Okay. And they would hear footsteps and bangs, your typical paranormal Of course, classic. The upstairs was particularly active, which was the site of the apparent suicide that we talked about. And used the cellar too, right? Yes. So the upstairs and the cellar were were both Very active. But the spirit that they think was Johnny, who was the man who hung himself in the the attic, um, was identified and named nicknamed Manny by the daughters and he would like play with them and move their toys around in like a friendly manner so they like kind of saw him as a friend yeah he sounds nice yeah and then Carolyn would hear sweeping from upstairs and she would go to see like which of her daughters picked up a broom and she would find an idle broom and a pile of dust and she would ask her daughters like who did that and none of them took responsibility for it wow okay so far so they see. They helpful. sound very pleasant. Exactly. So, like, I see why they immediately move out. Yeah. You know. Um, but a weird thing about this house was that light and sound were extinguished in like weird ways. Okay. So they would be standing in a room, and depending on like the t- like what day it was, or like different occasions. You would either be able to, like, stand in a bedroom and scream and no one would be able to hear you, or you could stand in that same bedroom, whisper something, and it could be heard down the hall. Wow. 
this is like just really depending weird. on the day just like depending on the different occurrence that's weird isn't that that's weird very weird and light was kind of the same way so like one day you'd walk into a room and it was like super bright and cheerful in okay. there and then like the next sunny day you'd walk in and it was like dark for whatever reason weird weird very odd weird. this is weird stuff so then Andrea refers to different doors in the house as having quote-unquote personalities. Ah. So some doors would rattle, some would like swing open, and even if they propped up like a chair or something to keep it closed, it would still push the chair out of the way and open. Okay. Some would remain closed even if they tried to open it. And the girls like kind of saw the doors as almost like pets. Yeah. Oh, wait, as pets. Were, That's yeah. kind of cute. Which was kind of cute. Like, they had different, like, names for the doors and whatever. Well, I didn't have much luck with their actual pets, so... Yeah. At least these ones are doors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hold on. So, the pantry door in particular was quite a character. Okay. And not a good one. Oh. The pantry door, which was, like, adjacent to the cellar. Oh, of course. Right. So, uh, it would swing open on its own, sometimes violently... And every time it opened, they described a putrid smell as like the smell of death. Oh Lord! See, I like that would make me lose my appetite. Yeah, I was gonna say if there's any door that I wouldn't want to smell like death, it would be the pantry door. <laughs> Probably. Wow. Okay. So fun, fun little story. Happy ending here. They got a new dog. <gasps> Yay! Named Jennifer Rebecca. What is with these <laughs> names? That is a whole child's name. Jen- Jennifer <laughs> for Rebecca, come here. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Jennifer Rebecca. I'd be like, are you okay? I was listening to the Astonishing Legends podcast at work, and it actually made me bust out laughing in my cubicle. Jennifer Rebecca. That's supposed up. to be funny, right? Like, I think so. That's hilarious. But you've got five girls naming a dog. Obviously. Jennifer Rebecca. Just Jennifer Rebecca. <laughs> a compound name that is bizarre. Well, I'm glad they got a new one. And then they had the three other cats from the house, Mm -hmm. the old house. So they would avoid certain areas of the house. And there was one hallway that the cats and the dog would like steer clear of. Wow. And Roger tested this by like cooking up like a nice steak and putting it in the hallway. And the dog would not even go near it. That's great. That's how, because dogs are so food motivated. Yes. Like, And wow. this was a German shepherd, too, so, like. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, I would not be stepping into that hallway after seeing that. I know. And the cats refused to come in through the front door. Hmm. Weird. How would they come in? Side door. Through the chimney. Or they'd have to, like, carry them in. Okay. But the family got used to the occurrences, and this is kind of funny, but the spirits would hide objects to, like, cause fights between the girls. That's hilarious. So, like, obviously, Andrew would be like, Cindy, I know you took my top. And Cindy would be like, no, I didn't. Like, next time I But I know you took my nail clippers. And, like, then Roger one time actually had a pair of nail clippers that went missing, and he was, like, furious about it. And then one of the girls was like... Everything goes missing in this house. That's just how it is. Yeah. It's like, you gotta chill out. This man's was very serious about his nail clippers. He had to I, trim the dogs. My <laughs> my dad gets serious about his nail clippers. It must be a guy thing. It, it must be, be a guy thing. 
Yeah, because they probably, they probably don't know where to buy them is. if they lost theirs. So like Facts. the ones they have are the ones for life. Facts. And then there were generalized hauntings in this house too. There was disembodied crying and babies wailing, which Ooh, is like that would be annoying as hell. Imagine, <laughs> imagine going to check on your daughter and she's not crying, but you're hearing like mm. you're like, oh, April's at it again. You go and April's fast asleep. That's crazy. Horrifying. Severe cold spots. Okay. And then, like, I don't know how to phrase this, but, like, premonitions that bad things happened in certain areas in the house. Like, especially, I think it was Cindy would like, be walking and she'd be like, something bad happened in that closet. Almost like the kid from Sixth Sense. Like, yeah. she, like obviously she wouldn't see anything, but she could just, like, tell. She was just like, something, something bad there. happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this is the one thing that Andrea won't talk about. Okay. But she said that there was a particularly evil male spirit in a house with six girls. It's always a male spirit. And she just, like, left it up to that. She said it's, like, actually too traumatizing to talk about because of, like, the things that this spirit did. Oh, Lord. Okay. I don't even want to imagine. I don't don't either. I don't want to think about that. But once while the girls were at school, the older girls... We're at school. Carolyn laid April down to take a nap, and then she began to feel nauseous. So she did what anyone would do. She, like, laid her head down for a few seconds to collect herself. Mm-hmm. And when she opened her eyes, it was dark outside, and, like, several hours had passed. Oh, wow. Okay. But the clock, like, an old family heirloom clock. Of course. Had stopped when she laid down. So, like... So, it said... So, if she went to bed... If she laid down at three, it still said three? It still said three, but it was, like, six. Okay, that's weird. Weird, right? So, they had this old heirloom, family heirloom clock, and they brought it from their other house. They never had an issue, but it kept stopping in the new house. Okay. And it would always stop at 5.15 a.m. Oh. Weird. Well, now, next time I wake up at that time, I'm going to be freaked, freaked out. out. Yeah. Uh, and they always said, like, time really didn't conform to, like, the normal rules in this house. Well, it sounds like light and sound didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a free-for-all. Freaky, right? So, it's, it definitely goes against, like, the natural... Ways of the world. Nature of yeah. things. Yeah. So, then one time when April was older, she was upstairs taking a nap and the entire family was downstairs and, like, together in the same room. Okay. And April came storming down the stairs, and she was like, who just shook me awake, and why were you so violent about it? And everyone was like, we were all down here. Yeah. Creepy. Oh, that is scary. That is freaky, right? So then one day, Cindy was running late to school, and the bus was outside, and this bus driver was, like, not about to wait to... For her to get whatever she needed to get. So she had forgotten her books upstairs. So she was running and she took a shortcut through this hallway that she typically avoided for whatever reason. She just got bad vibes from Mm -hmm. it because she needed to get the books in a hurry. But she ran into a figure emerging from the cellar. So I guess this was the hallway that the cellar opened into. Okay. And she collided with it hard. So it was like solid. Okay. And it knocked her back. And she said immediately she was freezing 
and she had this like horrible smell in her nostrils and it caused her to go into like a convulsive coughing fit oh my lord so she made it onto the bus on time because all of her sisters were like no she's coming like please wait a few more minutes that was nice of them and she called carolyn an hour later was like come pick me up wow so she was completely drained of energy and she slept for the next two days Wow. She had no other symptoms, so this isn't like a flu, and she felt totally fine before this. And people think that it took Cindy's energy, um, sucked her energy out of yeah, her, possibly to manifest. Like, ooh, okay. The other girls reported that they would have a great day at school. They'd be like happy to come home and tell their mom all about their mm-hmm. day, like as you do. And within minutes of being home, they would become, like, depressed and sad and, like, just, like, no energy. Oh, like, all they wanted to do was sleep. Wow. <sighs> this part's really freaky. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> one winter. So this is weird. Okay. Because it's winter time. They had an infestation of flies. Gross. And they seemed to target Roger. They would, like, literally Ew. have choreographed attacks on him it's giving pig pen it's literally yeah a little bit (laughs) and he became obsessed with the eradication of these flies and exterminators they called in couldn't find a source they couldn't kill them and eventually they hung up fly paper and that was like mildly successful but roger during his pursuit of like killing these flies literally became obsessed with them and like disconnected from the family like would not join the family at dinner because he's like i have to you know find a way to get eradicate the flies ew so that's creepy it's creepy but it's also like i'm sure a tactic that a demon would use to like isolate one member of the family particularly one that's probably seen as the strongest right absolutely and then pick them off one oh that's scary i didn't even think of that so then Carolyn, who, if you remember I said, is cold all the time. Right. She moves into this house, whatever. Every single fireplace is boarded up. Interesting. Weird. Very weird. I, like, I've been in an old house, and my house is an old house, and uh-huh. it, when we first moved in, one of our fireplaces was boarded up. But every single one of them, like, that's weird. Every single one, and there was, like, an absurd number. Okay. So she unboarded one, and... She would, like, make these fires, and she would, like, become entranced by the fire. Okay. To the point where she would overheat in front of the fireplace, pass out, and, like, one time she almost passed out into the fire, and Roger had to, like, pull her away before she... These people need to get out of here. I know. This is so weird. It's weird. So... And also, not to mention, it's on 200 acres of land. Like, it's a very isolated spot. Yeah. It's not like they have a neighbor that that can come check up on them super easily. Well, there was one neighbor. Okay. She's going to come in in a second. But do you remember when we used to play school with your older sister as the teacher? Yes. And we were like... And Grandma had that, uh, like, old-fashioned desk in the basement. We would, like, do coloring pages and, like, our lettering pages. Yes. So the parent <laughs> girls did the same thing. Oh, it's so fun. I know. We also played church sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that this uh, this weekend, my sister and I. <laughs> we would use the tortillas. Yes. The 
which is like probably so like wrong but like we thought it was so fun do you remember i had like one famous quote from when we were playing church oh uh jesus tastes like bread or no. something what was it? it you know it was something it was you know how like tortillas have those like little brown oh yes spots? yes you said because they had the brown spots and you're like jesus had lots of freckles or yes. something. <laughs> sounds so weird but it's like we literally just thought it was fun yeah <laughs> we had the, we used to put on like shows oh my god we, <laughs> we were very creative kids when it came to entertaining ourselves yes. absolutely we could entertain ourselves with like basically nothing yeah that's what we're doing right now right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um so jesus had freckles anyway so jesus <laughs> did have freckles but <laughs> so andrea was the teacher and okay. she would write lessons for like her I guess four little sisters. Okay. I don't know if April was was old. Could write. I yet. think yeah. she was at this point. But they would sometimes be like, "Oh, we need a snack or we need like a little break." Yeah. And so they would all leave the room because no one went anywhere alone in this house. Oh my god. And they would come back to this giant like oak framed chalkboard like one of those ones that you see in old-fashioned classrooms where you like flip it around Mm -hmm. like a big standing heavy heavy chalkboard right and they would come back and it would be like smeared or sometimes like completely wiped and washed clean okay very and it would they would only be there for like only be gone for like a few seconds creepy very so they started getting like really frustrated because they had Taking the time to like yeah, write out their fake lessons. Yeah. yeah. So they moved it out to this woodshed, and it stopped being wiped clean. Okay. But then one day, they like came back and it had been smeared and rotated ninety degrees, which was weird because it wasn't like one of those ones that could wheel. Okay. It was like a standing one. So that is very weird. That it had very rotated. Heavy. Yeah. So and it was weird. So then they get frustrated, they leave, and Roger goes out to the woodshed, and he finds the chalkboard completely shattered. Oh. Like, broken. The frame, which is, like, this solid wood frame, was splintered. There's no way that any of the girls could have done this. Yeah. So he calls Andrea out to the woodshed, and he's like, do you know what happened? She's like, absolutely not. I just... How do you even shatter chalkboard material? Like, like not to mention slate. Yeah, is like, yeah, this is probably like an head. Yeah. yeah, it's like pretty, and it was pretty thick. I would have yeah. to think, especially back then. So that was just a weird, weird occurrence. Um, a lot of people think that this was a statement from some of the ghosts that women shouldn't be going to school. Oh, so interesting. Sexism at its finest. Uh, and then one time in that same woodshed. Uh, they were playing that hide and clap game. Oh lord, yes. Where famous someone would be game. blindfolded and they would clap and then whoever was hiding would clap back and it was basically like almost like Marco seek. Polo. Yeah, almost like Marco Polo. So I think I believe it was Cindy mm-hmm. that went out to the woodshed and was like, I'm gonna win this game. Yeah. So she crawled inside like this wood bin and she pulled pallet, like a wood pallet okay. on top. Don't do it, girl. And she realized after a little bit that 
they weren't going to find her. Okay. And even if they did come out into the wood shed, she wouldn't be able to hear them clapping. Okay. Because it was, like, a totally encased box. Like, a coffin, no, if you will. Yes. No holes, like, nothing. So it's starting to get hot in there, and she's starting to kind of, like, suffocate a little I was going to say, yeah, the oxygen would be dwindling at this point. So she goes to push it off. Let me guess. And it's super heavy, oh and she can't get out. So she starts to panic, and eventually someone hears her, like, banging the box and comes and easily lifts the pallet off the box and was like, why didn't you just push your way out? Yeah. She's like, I couldn't. Okay. So. Weird. Concerning. Concerning. This is one of the scariest things that I think happened. Okay. Carolyn... Went out to the barn, so we know the barn, supposedly someone hung themselves in there. Right. To see if it could house animals, because she was like... Because it's the barn. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'd like to have a few goats. Yeah. And it was absolutely freezing outside, so she bundles herself up in this big leather jacket and like four other layers. Okay. Leather. And she walks in and she sees this like hand scythe. Hanging from the rafters. What's a hand sight? So imagine that like curved blade that the Grim Reaper is okay. usually seen, but like a little handheld version. Okay. Okay, cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she like goes and she's like, okay, cool. Like we could probably house animals yeah. in here. So she turns around to leave the barn and she hears like fluttering and she thinks it's like maybe a bird or like a bat. Yeah. So she like turns around and the scythe is spinning in midair and like chopping uh, on its own. And uh, she goes to like walk or like I guess run probably out yeah. of the barn and her feet are absolutely rooted to the ground. Can't move her feet. Like in Scooby-Doo where they're just like running in place because they're yes. so scared. Except that she cannot physically lift her feet off the ground. Oh lord. And the scythe flies <gasps> towards her. Like... Okay. Full velocity, too. It's like a ninja star. Yes. And it slices against her neck and shoulder. Oh, wow. So now it's getting really violent. Yes. And had she not been wearing that thick leather jacket, it probably would have cut her throat. Oh, wow. So she had a huge bruise, like, on her collarbone area from where the scythe hit her. And the jacket was completely ripped up the collar. Oh, wow. And so, obviously, she was very shaken up. But yeah. this would begin kind of a series of violent assaults against Carolyn. In particular? Okay. Yes. So, one day, the neighbors, the Pettigrews, brought <laughs> over a pie because Roger was out of town. And they were like, woo, go be friendly neighbors. Okay. And Andrea let them in. And she was like, oh, sorry, my mom's in the shower. So, she went up to go let her mom know that they had visitors. And... So, obviously, Carolyn gets out of the shower, and she's immediately assaulted by a levitating coat hanger in the exact same place that the scythe had hit her. Oh, wow. Okay. So, obviously, someone's going for... The jugular. going for the jugular. Yes. And so, she screams, and all the kids and the Pettigrews come up, and they witness... They see it? They witness this. So, before the Pettigrews excuse themselves yes. because obviously they want to get the hell out of this house they tell carolyn that the kinians the previous owners yeah. had left the lights on every night okay so they were like maybe there it is again yeah. yeah 
So this this next one gets me. Okay. Have you watched The Haunting of Hill House? Yes. It was terrifying. Do you remember the bent neck lady? Yes, that was the part that was particularly terrifying. Okay, good. I'm glad you think so. Oh, no. So, (laughs) Carolyn and Roger are sleeping in their bed, and Carolyn is, like, awoken by the sound of footsteps, and she thinks it's one of her kids coming in, because I'm sure that was a regular occurrence in this house, because if Sydney's sleeping in a room and she hears there are seven dead soldiers buried in the wall every night, I'd be sleeping with my mom and dad, too. Agreed. So she reaches out her hand to, like, help whatever child it is into bed, and Uh she doesn't feel anything. So she opens her eyes, and there is a woman with a crooked neck levitated (gasps) over her, and it obviously had a crooked neck, and they called this the Crooked Neck Lady. I'm wondering if this is where that, the show got the idea for this. She had no face, just a swirl of flesh. Stop. She smelled like rotten meat. Yum. Gross. Carolyn is completely frozen in fear, so she tries to kick Roger, and her foot connects with his back, and he's, like, ice cold and completely (gasps) limp, so she thinks that his spirit has killed him. So she, like, inches backwards and presses herself against the headboard and says, God, help me. And at the same time, she grabs the blanket and, like, goes to shield her face because... This thing is right up in her face. Oh my god. And by doing that, she reveals Roger's torso, and it has been completely scratched and clawed. Oh my god! And by saying, God help me, she, like, after she sees Roger's torso, she turns back and the entity is gone. Okay. So she thinks that the... And the parents were not religious. Okay. So she thinks that that might have vanquished it. What the fuck? Where's the remote? What the fuck? It's... Sorry about that, guys. Um, Our TV just turned itself on to a YouTube video of the demonic possession of Annabelle the doll. To be fair, it was already (laughs) on that. But the TV was... I mean, we weren't... Like, the TV had gone to sleep, and it was... um, The remote was, like, on our little coffee table. So the remote was not near any of us. But the, this TV is a little wonky sometimes. It is a little so wonky. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, but it was terrifying. I am too, but that actually scared me. And also, bad. the ad that came on was like for like that nicotine. Um, <laughs> yeah, like scared senseless yeah, or whatever it is. Um, and it was like a creepy like jingling sound. So that was a little scary. Very scary. We're back. <laughs> anyway, so that entity that was uh, with the crooked neck vanished, but all the clocks in the house had stopped at 5.15 a.m. Weird. Also at 5.15 a.m., they have some record of the girls' beds being levitated and shaken. Oh, geez. Yeah. So 5.15 a.m. was... That was a... Uh, the time. Yeah. The, the time. witching hour. I think in the movie, it's like 3.07 a.m. Okay. Yeah, I was going to I always thought that the witching hour or whatever was like at 3 or something. I think it's 3 a.m. Okay. And I think it's from 2 to 3. Okay. But anyway. So... Bathsheba, let's talk about her because she is a main character in the film and also it was a little bit weird that they named their dog Bathsheba. Yes. Uh, because one of the entities in the house was named, was named Bathsheba. Really? Yes. She is the main 
dare I say, villain of the Conjuring. Okay. The antagonist, yes. perhaps. And she was actually a real person named Bathsheba Sherman, who lived in Rhode Island. She was born in 1812 in Rhode Island. She married someone named Judson Sherman. Judson. And she gave birth to one known son named Herman. Okay. Which his name was Herman Sherman. That's so funny! <laughs> Herman Sherman! Herman I love Sherman. that. Uh, she had at least three other children that died before the age of one. Oh, wow. That's really sad. It's really sad. Typical of the time. Uh, No. No? <laughs> no. So Bathsheba was a character. So you really don't know anything about this case. No. You? Okay. So Bathsheba was a caretaker and an infant died in her care. So like a next door neighbor. She was basically babysitting and the kid that she was babysitting died. died. Okay. The cause of death which I'm going to give a little trigger warning here, was impalement at the oh. base of its skull. So oh, right here, wow. With yeah. a tiny, sharp instrument that was thought to be a sewing needle. Okay. So the trial, she was, there was a trial. She was never found innocent or guilty, but the entire case was dismissed. Why? Don't know. But the town couldn't let that go, obviously. Yeah, they're not going to let that slide. So... They blamed her. They called her a witch. And she was thought to have sacrificed her three other children to the devil. What? Why did she do that to that little baby? They don't know if she did. Okay. Which I'm like, who? if not her, then who else? And it died, the baby died while, while they were being babysat by her, right? Yes. So, I mean, either way, wouldn't up. she kind of be, wouldn't she be responsible either way? Yeah. But anyway, so in the movie, she is said to have either, I I think, hung herself or was hung on the property. But in real life, she did die of old age. Okay. Although some people say that after she died, her body literally turned to stone. Oh, wow. Okay. Bathsheba supposedly was in love with Roger and interacted positively with him. Oh, interesting. She stroked his hair, like... Loki kind of tried to seduce him. She caught feels. Yes. But she hated Carolyn because she was with Roger and she only wanted to be, she wanted to be the only mistress. Okay. So Carolyn had one day where she was like either napping or just like sitting on the sofa and she felt like this sharp pain in the back of her calf. Okay. And she thought that she had been stung by a bee. So she literally, like, checked the entire room. There's no bees. She checked the ground. She, like, pulled the couch out from the wall. No sharp objects. Nothing. Okay. She checks the back of her calf, and it's, like, bleeding profusely. Ooh! And there's... She goes and she cleans it up, and there's this small, round puncture mark. Like a needle? Like a needle. Okay. Carolyn, in particular, was tortured by... A spirit that is so thought to be Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Okay. It is not confirmed that okay. this is Bathsheba. A little bit incriminating that she was seen to be pricked by a needle. But, yeah, right? But here is where the big dogs come in. Okay. And Lorraine Warren. They hear about this case through a friend and they contact the parents because they want to take on this investigation. Mm-hmm. It was Lorraine who actually made the connection between the hauntings and the real life Bathsheba. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So, supposedly, 
the Warren's presence in the house made the paranormal activity ramp up. Okay. Which is, like, not surprising to me because here are these two world-renowned demonologists. Mm-hmm. And these demons are probably, like... Well, cool, someone we can communicate <laughs> with. like Someone we can communicate with, but also, like, let's show off. Yeah, let's yeah. show what we can do. The big dogs are here. Exactly. So... They diagnosed this as a case of demonic infestation. Ooh. The warrants were religious and the parents were not. Okay. And so demons is inherently a religious term. The, okay. the term demons. Okay. Because you can refer to a malevolent spirit and that's something completely different than a demon. Okay. So a spirit is a soul that was once human. Okay. Right? So, like, I guess your soul, right? So, I like, think it's your soul. The, so, basically, like, the ghosts at the Gettysburg house, yes. for example. The farms so like, within were, were spirits because they used Cause to they be Because they once existed. The term demon refers to a fallen angel or, like, one that has scorned God. And that was never a human. That was never human and okay. turned Satan. Okay. Got it. Because the family was not Catholic, they could not have an exorcism performed on the house. Which really? Which is, I think, so silly. Yeah, I'm shocked by that. Because it would have required, A, a police presence, and B, permission from the Vatican. Okay, wow. For whatever, I guess it's a special case. Okay. So, apparently that was going to take too long, so the warrants threw that out. I don't know if this was later that this uh, blessing came, but Ed Warren is the only person, lay person, so person that's not a priest or like a religious figure, to receive permission from the Catholic Church to perform an exorcism. And it was in this house? No, I don't. I I would think it's after this. Wow. So... That's a scene that's a little bit different from the movie because in the movie they do perform an exorcism on the house and on Carolyn. Okay. But in real life they did a seance instead. Oh, okay, okay. So this is, if you know anything about this case, it's probably this seance. Okay. So they held it in the dining room and they had a priest, a medium, and a technical crew. And then, of course, the Warrens and Roger and Carolyn. Mm-hmm. And they sent the girls to bed because they were like, you don't need to be seeing this. I'm shocked that they let them stay in the house. I know. I would get my kids out of I'd there. I'd be like, go to a hotel. But Andrea and one of the other girls, I believe it was Cindy, um, watched uh, through like Not a surprising. Door. Yeah. yeah. So the medium reaches out and she's like, any spirits that are here... Feel free to like come through and make contact with okay. us. Immediately, there is like a mental and physical assault on Carolyn. Oh wow! So she opens her mouth and like starts speaking in this non-existent language. Tongues. And here's a quote, direct quote from Andrea Perrin. I thought I was going to pass out. My mother began to speak a language not of this world in a voice not her own. Her chair levitated and she was thrown across the room. So they threw her from the dining room into the parlor where she like crumpled against a wall. Oh, wow. And so Andrea witnessed Roger, who's the father, go to her, like try to go to her mother's aid. Ed 
Warren grabbed him and pulled him back, and then Roger, like, open-handed smacked Ed across (gasps) the face and was like, let me go to my wife. Wow. And obviously, like, the, I don't think Ed would have, like, held that against him. Yeah, no. She said that everyone in that room knew that whatever entity it was had the ability to kill and could have if it wanted to, but the intent was to scare. Okay. So the Warrens were asked to leave, obviously, because of this failed seance. They, the parents didn't blame them per se, but Roger was like scared to death for his wife's safety. Okay. But after the seance, the spirits were subdued. Okay. So not as many like violent interactions, like those enemies that were that were appearing to Carolyn were gone. So it was just kind of like the doors creaking open. Okay. Went back to what it originally was, yes. But Carolyn began to, like, waste away and stopped taking care of herself. She stopped eating. She stopped sleeping. Like, was really the shell of a human being. Oh, man. And she had this one interaction where she walked into the dining room and she saw, like, a group, like a family, Uh sitting at the table. And it wasn't her family. And it did not look like it was decorated like their dining room. Okay. But it was the same room. So, she made eye contact with one of the men sitting at the table who then in turn, like, went to touch another member of his family and pointed her out to the other man. And she realized that to them, she was the ghost. Okay. Wow. So That's trippy. That had her... That made her come to a realization that this house was a portal that had been opened and that she needed to, like take care of herself, and get her kids the hell out of there. Okay. That was, like, her wake-up call. Yeah, she began to come back into herself and take care of herself. So, ultimately, the parents declined earnings from the movie deal with the Warrens. Wow. And they do, based on different accounts, again, say that the parents, specifically Andrea, has different feelings about the movies. Okay. So some of them say that she absolutely loves it. Okay. And thinks that, like, you know, obviously she understands that Hollywood is a different animal. And, like, obviously yeah, of they need to do yeah. what sells. Yes. But she also said that she never for a second felt like they were stifling Making her. things up. Exactly. So she has watched this movie and she said it is about 1% of 1% of everything that happened. And she said that... James Wan, who's the the director of the movie, yeah. toned down everything that happened in the movie to make it a PG-13 rating. Wow. Ultimately, it does have an R rating. Okay. Which he was, like, very upset about. Yeah. But obviously, like, even the material as, like, toned down as it might be... Is terrifying. It's to be one of the scariest movies of all time. Yes. So... Wow. Uh... So the parents moved out after 10 years. So from the from the time in 1973 to the seance of like the seance. Yeah. After that, there weren't really any violent encounters. Okay. So that's So the seance obviously did something. I guess it released a demon. Okay. From the house, right? That makes yeah. sense, right? Even though it wasn't an exorcism, it was just a seance. I have no idea. But 
after those 10 years, they sold it to a woman named Norma Sutcliffe. Okay. Who does report that there is a lot of paranormal activity in the house. There's apparently her walls shake. Ooh. She sees a lot of orbs, which we've talked about before. You can catch on camera, which she just saw them floating. Floating around with her her naked eye. Uh, Noises, doors opening and closing, everything like that. But she said it's become a lot more dormant since the parents have moved out. Okay. The parents have since moved into another house. Obviously, they're all grown up now and living on their own. But um, after this, they did move into a new house. Some of the paranormal activity did follow them to their new house. Okay. Which is kind of scary. Yeah, they couldn't get rid of it even when they moved. But I guess at this point, it had become like second nature. Yeah, they probably wouldn't even notice. Probably didn't blink an eye. So, uh, but they continue to this day to defend Bathsheba and say that she was possibly not to the blame. violent entity in okay. the house. I mean, yeah, for all they know, she could have been the one, like, tucking the little girl into bed. Exactly. There's no record that she ever, like, killed any of those kids. Okay. And, you know, there's no reason for her to be violent, so they defend her. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, women in the days that Bathsheba was alive were very mistreated. I mean, of course, they're going to say she's a witch. Obviously. Carolyn, back in the 1970s, was accused of being a witch over a misunderstanding, a mishap. Exactly. So they think that it could have possibly been Mrs. Arnold. Oh, the ninety-year-old. Yes. Woo, Granny's got. Because when she appeared, Beth, like the quote-unquote Bathsheba. Yeah. She was super old. Oh. Which would line up with the. So yeah, that does. Yeah. Weird. Uh, and then when the parents moved out, some of the girls wanted to stay. Why? They just it was like home to them and like obviously after all the violent encounters were done they were like yeah if it had been like however many years since then maybe they were just like they're just like why don't we stay and this had become such like a big part of their life yeah but um they did move (laughs) good probably for the best andrea you know how i said she has like the proceeds from her book Mm -hmm. she wants to buy the house eventually wow she i wonder how old she is now well she was Probably in her 50s or early 60s. Nine in the 70s. She's probably in her early 60s. Wow, okay. Crazy. Wow, she's going to rebuy it. That's crazy. I know. So, uh, when this movie was being made, they brought in Lorraine Warren, who actually does make a cameo. Oh, she the does? Lorraine Warren makes a cameo. Ooh. Uh, and they brought in her as like a consultant. Uh-huh. And the actress that plays Lorraine Warren in the movie woke up one night and had three scratches across her chest. Oh. And she consulted the real Lorraine, who confirmed that the demons were trying to scare her because they didn't want the movie to be made. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that scary? Yeah. She said, don't let it get to you. They, they're just trying to scare you. Oh, my gosh. Scary. It would have worked on me. I'd be like, never oh, mind. I would have been like, I don't need to be a Going back to my that. day job. I know, right? Yeah. So, the final little thing that's happened with the house is that in June 2019, it was sold to Corey and Jennifer Heinzen. Uh, There's still small phenomena, obviously, that happened in the house, and they lend it out nightly to paranormal investigators. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it it was like a... So, it's now it's kind of... It's a business deal, basically. Okay. It becomes... it, It has become... 
a... This place will be a haunted bed and breakfast in a decade, I'm telling you. Probably. It's become like a little bit of a tourist place. Locale. Okay. But anyway, that is the story of the Arnold Estate. That is way scarier than I would have ever even imagined originally. I... Horror movies that are based on a true story scare me in a different significantly way. more yes. than like just because you know what happened. happened. And yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. But and like looking at all the facts, like it does seem like I'm like I don't think that this family would make it up. Like I don't either. I mean, it's this scary. is like specific. Like this is so specific, and there are so many stories. That's it's, terrifying. It's pretty terrifying. And the it fact really that they is. stay there for ten years, even though obviously the hauntings got you know, amped down a bit after the seance. The fact that they still stayed for that long is crazy. It is crazy to me. Wow. But do whatever floats your boat, I guess. I if know. You're, if you're willing to stay in that house, props, props, props to, to them. You. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see if they end up buying it back. I some Part of me hopes that they do. It could be kind of cool, like a full circle Full moment. circle. Well, I hope Andrea Perrin does end up as the owner of this house. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. I wonder if the paranormal activity would ramp up I again. was just thinking that. Right? I was just about to say that. I wonder if it would become active again if she moved back in. We're going to have to wait and find out, I guess. I hope, I hope we find out one day. But until then... Until then, keep an eye out for our sister episode. Sister episode coming out soon. Absolutely. And uh, keep subscribing to our Patreon because we've got some good episodes dropping soon we've got a whole new series on there yeah you're not gonna want to miss it especially during spooky season spooky season uh get those extra spooks in but this has been i wish i could say a delight i am but it's been terrifying i know especially after that tv incident i am very shaken up let's watch a happy happy let's go watch friday the 13th Oh, it's okay. a lot less. Or wait, Nightmare on Elm Street. Which Friday one? the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's a little less. I think that's less scary compared to it's The Conjuring It's definitely going to be a little bit of comedic relief. I could use that. All right. Let's go do that. Let's do that. Bye, everyone. We'll See talk you to next you later. Time. Have a good night. <laughs> I don't know why I said have a don't good night. Don't let Bathsheba bite. <laughs>